sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions or read those comments just as soon as we are in the studio again together. Doug, today's Tuesday. What's going on in the news? Tuesday the 18th. Israel continues to uh, repel the attacks of Hamas. Mm-hmm. Over 3,000 rockets now have mm-hmm. been fired in terror. And we're not talking about throwing stones, man. We're talking about rockets. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people, um, and, and by the way, you have a lot of people here in this country who um, would be called progressive uh, that are uh, pro-Hamas. Mm-hmm. And I'll just remind people, that Israel is a recognized state by the United Nations. Hamas is recognized as a terrorist organization by um, most of Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, most of the free world uh, recognize Hamas, uh, who is a terrorist group that gets a lot of their funding from, guess where? Iran. Yeah, mm-hmm. Iran. And so, um, anyway, uh, Israel is in a very tough situation. I'll, do, I'll remind our listeners that just a, a, a few short months ago that there were three or four different peace agreements signed with Israel by mm-hmm. Arab nations that was uh, really uh, land-breaking, uh, you know, or groundbreaking, I would say, um, uh, as far as uh, helping to secure uh, peace there. Not that there won't be some flare-ups, but it was really good. But all that's right now been eroded mm-hmm. uh, because of what Hamas has done. And that's their goal. The goal of Hamas is not for them to defeat Israel. It's to get everybody else over there to be angry enough because Israel is surrounded by people who have all want to wipe them off the face of the earth. And they've said that mm-hmm. just outright. And uh, and that comes from official statements made by Hamas and other terrorist organizations, and even Iran and and other other countries over there. And so uh, we need to pray for the peace of Israel, and uh, pray for our leaders that our leaders will stand by Israel, uh, contrary to what some liberal progressive uh, political people in our country want. Uh, even I think Bernie Sanders the other day was saying, you know, we should not give them funding to Israel, talking about the funding that we've actually, you know, pledged to give them and have given them to have that uh, Iron Dome defense system, which has kept a lot of them from dying from these rocket attacks. Yeah, it it has. And I saw uh, the headline of one article was maybe it's working too well. Um, but, you know, <laughs> there are a number of our leaders are politicians who are saying you know pro hamas things and saying that israel doesn't have a right to exist uh in effect and so yeah we should be praying that uh god softens their hearts um 
And I think uh, the Biden administration did say they were going to give $75 million to Israel. So that's a plus as long as that money gets there, um, you know, which is, I, I, I you know, you got to say that's a step for the president to take that because that's breaking from the radicals in uh, his party and the radicals have kind of uh, maintained a hold on his uh, his agenda so far, it would seem so. Well, um, I, I just think that, when you look at what's going on over there, uh, it's been going on for a long time mm-hmm. and, and it's probably going to continue, but, uh, we need leadership uh, and we need to pray for our leadership that our leadership will make, uh, wise and, uh, beneficial choices for Israel. Uh, yeah. and remember that, um, God has always had a heart for his people over there. And, and, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people don't know. There's there's only about 100,000 believers in Israel. Did mm. you know that? Mm. Very small number. Uh, it, it, it has decreased steadily. Really? Uh, yeah, over the years. And they, they get it from both sides, from the Muslims and from the Jewish people mm. there. So, um, you know, uh, and one of the biggest uh, things that's going on in our country right now is that people in our country are really going against Israel. I mean, we saw, we saw a little bit of that before. Uh, and then president Trump came into office and moved the, uh, embassy embassy Mm -hmm. to Jerusalem, which was great. Yeah. Uh, and everybody said it was going to create all kinds of problems. It did not. Um, it, it, it really, we, there was not a lot of stuff because there was a healthy respect of the friendship that we had with Israel. Well, I think one of the biggest uh, revelations is that the Associated Press, uh, I guess it's really not much of a revelation. Um, I guess they ran, there was an article ran in 2015 talking about how uh, Hamas was in that building that was attacked, but that the Associated Press is providing cover for Hamas Mm. um, and saying, oh, we had no clue that this was happening there, despite a former uh, reporter, you know, documenting pretty well that uh, they've known that, uh, but, you know, that's a little bit uh, shocking. I mean, not really shocking, I guess, because it's something that is, you know, kind of in your mind about how the media uh, wants to portray a, sl- a side, but that, that they're that blatant about it. Um, you know, that was uh, something that came out that was pretty stunning, especially because their response after was, oh, I can't believe that, you know, our building got destroyed and stuff like that. So, Well, don't let your building be used by terrorists yeah. or at least – let people know you know when you aid terrorists and knowingly aid terrorists you put yourself at risk yeah and israel you know they gave them an hour advance warning notice that hey you know we're gonna does that i mean like yeah they they do as much as they can to prevent uh you know civilian casualties and that's uh, you know the opposite of what hamas does by using people as human shields so uh i i don't see you know morally you know what how how there's a like a, a moral struggle for people to pick which side or see which side is doing right and wrong. Well, and then you got Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Uh, who, um, she's arguing that Israel is illegitimate. Yeah. It's not even a legitimate state. And, you know, you laugh at that, but people laughed a, a long time ago at the idea that a man thinking that he could have a baby was <laughs> absurd. Yeah. And now, if you say that you're banned from Twitter, that's just so, so who knows what's going to happen? You know, you mentioned yesterday, um, I think it was yesterday about the Supreme court mm-hmm. 
is going to hear a really important abortion case uh, from uh, Mississippi um, that, uh, and that's not like this summer. I think it's in the fall. It's, right? It'll be in the fall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, they they're going to allow a hearing uh, where they will take up the case, and it's uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And uh, it's out of Jackson, Mississippi, for you folks listening over Meridian. That's right next door, about an hour away. And um, But it's uh, an abortion clinic there. And uh, the state of Mississippi adopted legislation that made it illegal after the 15th week of a woman's term to abort that baby. And uh, so the fact that the Supreme Court is going to hear this. And they're saying this is the first like direct challenge to Roe since 1992 yeah um so yeah it's a big a big moment and you know if, if the supreme court does you know what is not i guess I, I guess if the to me if the supreme court uh doesn't back the state of mississippi i think that the whole question of getting conservative judges to advance you know christian policies should be uh re-looked at because that obviously would have failed because there's five justices that are you know uh i guess what you saw conservative or constitutionalist quote unquote or have more of a leaning that way so it it would appear that they should vote in favor of uh mississippi but we'll see what happens well well, here and here's the issue that they're saying because uh it would make uh, abortion illegal after the 15th week because they say the the babies are are viable Mm -hmm. well there's case law already on the books, uh, and even from Roe v. Wade, the court has said that the state may intervene to make abortions illegal or restricted once the baby is viable, uh, which is usually considered about 24 weeks. But with technology, guess what? That that number has shrunk. Yeah. So you're talking about nine weeks uh, of difference that would really result in a lot of babies not being aborted in that case. And uh, the the state of Mississippi also uh, came up with the trigger bill that would make all abortions illegal if the Supreme Court ever were to reverse the Roe v. Wade. Now, why is that important? Well, it's an effort to restrict abortion even further to say if the Supreme Court rules it, then automatically that trigger would kick in for the state of Mississippi and it would outlaw uh, abortion. So uh, I, I don't know. That's a, I think that'd be, it's going to be a very significant case to see what happens in the Supreme Court. So pray for the justices, pray for the leaders. And, um, and also uh, I know we got to go to break, but our good friend, James Grimm, uh, who takes care of all of our stuff, pray for him and his church family out there. They lost uh, their associate pastor, who is a relatively young guy in his 40s, of COVID. Mm. The associate pastor uh, was named Kent Burkett. Please remember his family in your prayers. And by the way, folks, if you think you have COVID, Get you a blood oximeter. Uh, just You can get them on Amazon. You can check your finger in that, and it tells you your blood oxygen saturation level. Once it goes below 90, you need to go to the hospital. They can treat you. They have you know stuff to treat it. But once it gets down in the low 80s, it gets really difficult because a lot of damage has taken place, 
pneumonia sets in. So um, it, it's still an issue. Uh, make sure that you, you uh, get you one of those blood oximeters and uh, continue to remember the family of Kent Burkett and uh, our brother James Grimm out there. All right, and stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are discussing a little bit about the news, uh, what's been going on around the country and around the globe, really. Um, so that's where we're at. We're going to get into Acts in just a minute, Acts chapter 7, verses 18 through 53. But first, we want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in Canada. Now we have the third pastor who has been arrested in Canada. Uh, news came out of that uh, today, as well as uh, news last night of another church who uh, had its doors locked and they were forced to meet outside. Um, so a bunch of, uh, you know, almost it's hard to comprehend things happening in Canada right now, um, especially as the virus is, is uh, in retreat. Uh, you know, most people would see it that way. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that because I think it's something that's pretty important. Well, if you look, um, you know, uh, the the guy's name is Stevens, uh, uh, you know, who was arrested up there, the, this latest pastor. Uh, just remember him and his family, Tim Stevens. Um, but, you know, he, he uh, talked about his arrest and talked about, you know, his, his philosophy. He was arrested uh, for basically gathering as a group and uh you know he said listen our actions are not born out of covid fatigue or simply having enough of their restrictions he says our actions are born out of a commitment to the lordship of jesus and his instructions to the church as revealed in scripture and he said you know we don't recognize the state's authority to intrude into what we're doing in the church uh, to meeting 
and you know, and the the medical necessity to limit worship up there. Um, he says we don't recognize that, and he was arrested for it. And so uh, he, like you said, he's the third pastor to be uh, arrested up there with this, and it's just uh, it's just another example to me because you know if you look around. How many how many months have we been meeting at SWAT now? I mean, like uh, we started last May. Yeah, a year. And we've got our last meeting this week. And um, you know, if, if if we've had anywhere from twenty five to thirty six at one meeting, uh, meeting re- weekly, and uh, anybody who's caught COVID has caught it outside of our meetings and. Um, you know, it's the same with MacArthur and his church out in California. They've got thousands of people that meet. They don't social distance. They don't spread. Some people have caught COVID, but they've not brought it in and been super spreaders in the church. And it's just been a way to get control over people, to limit what people can do. And in Canada, they continue. But, you know, Canada, Taylor, has also arrested people for speaking against homosexuality. Mm. And they've also arrested people for hate speech for that in some places. And so, uh, you know, we're going to see those things here, I believe, as we continue down this road, especially when you have a, uh, uh, a president who has made transgenderism his huge civil right uh, issue. And uh, and also said no amendment is absolute. You know, talk, he was talking about the Second Amendment, but that can be applied, you know, to the freedom of religious expression as well. And you're talking about, a leader uh, who has, well, on the day of prayer, refused to even acknowledge God, mm-hmm. the one true living God, and yet who celebrates the International Day of against homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia, uh, and actually makes a statement about it and says, I will always stand with the LGBTQ community. When he said that, you know what it made me think of? It made me think about Moses. When Moses says, if you want to stand with God, you stand on this side. If you want to stand against him and stand with the idol worshipers, stand over there with Dathan and Abiram and those guys and uh, Korah. You go stand with those guys over there. If you want to stand with those people, Mr. President, stand with them but you're standing on the wrong side of God's history. It's not our history. It's God's history. It's his plan. It's unfolding. He created us. He created us as men and women. He created us to be uh, a, a microcosm of the faith community and the family. And one of the biggest problems we have in our culture here in the West is the disintegration of family, the disintegration of a father, uh, a wife and children. And, um, not not just disintegration, the, the the dismantling of yeah. the family, because there's been a systematic attempt to dismantle the family. It hasn't just, you know, done it all by itself, although, you know, there's elements of that. But there has been a concerted effort to make sure that uh, the family is weak. And part of the reason, obviously, that's God's, uh, you know, that's one of the first thing God ordains when he uh, ordains marriage. Um, but it's also the building blocks of what this country was founded on, which was uh, a strong family and um, so, yeah, that I think that we, you know, that's something that we can't discount, that there's an effort to destroy the family. And uh, in that regards, an effort to destroy what God has called good. Yeah. And the, the same 
president who um, defends people that are really um, acting in a way that's an abominable way to the one true living God disrespects the police officers and the people who are defending people, the vulnerable Mm -hmm. who go out there uh, and put their lives on the line every day. And so, you know, it's just, um, I don't know if I just had this sent in by one of our guys um, who out there who listens regularly and sends in stuff. And he, uh, the, the Biden administration tried to reverse uh, the peace officers Memorial Day proclamation. Mm. I mean, he just tried to do away with it, uh, hoping that nobody would notice it. You know, you fly the flags at half uh, yeah. staff across the U.S. to honor men and women in blue. And he was, why would you do that? Why? I mean, what what purpose would there be in that? You know, the the one thing it does is it brings attention to the fact that you have people risking their lives every day. And you pray for those who've given their life to defend people. Um, yeah, and I think the reason you do that is because uh, we're in an existential conflict with uh, the for you know for the soul of the nation. And so, my uh, going against a institution that has been you know had broad support throughout the the public. Um, you know, you, you you signal signal at least you know tacitly that you are with the people who detract from that. And that you believe that, you know, there's something wrong and corrupt to the core with uh, law enforcement. So I think that's probably the motivations uh, internally behind that. Obviously, we can't know. Um, but, you know, you, you have to question if that's uh, an aspect to it. Yeah, I, th- I just think, um, you know, we have uh, we have failed to think biblically about things, uh, even within the church, and the church is caving in. And again, I want to let people know about this conference on woke and the gospel. Uh, it's going to be out at Denton Bible Church. By the way, our guest on Friday of this week is pa- senior pastor T- uh, Tommy Nelson. Uh, Tommy is uh, the senior pastor out at Denton Bible Church. And uh, this conference is June 11th and 12th. Uh, Owen Strand, who was our guest last week, is going to be one of the speakers. Daryl Harrison, who has been on several times. Uh, you can go to DentonBible.org. That's D-E-N-T-O-N, Bible.org. Uh, go out there. Uh, Denton's a nice place. You can go in there and uh, uh, go to the conference. I think it's a like a Friday, Saturday thing, and uh, it's going to be a, a really good event. I I can't go. I'm so bummed that I can't be there. I wanted to to go to that. Um, I just think it's going to be a really good event for everybody. Again, it's June 11th and 12th, and it's at Denton Bible Church called Woke and the Gospel. And um, Tommy, uh, he'll, he'll share wokeness. I'm sorry, wokeness and the gospel. And uh, he'll he'll be sharing. They'll be sharing about how this new uh, really works-based religion is what it is, um, is incompatible with the cross. That's the whole purpose of it. So hopefully you can uh, you can go to that. I think you'll be really encouraged, wokeness in the gospel. And, um, you know, uh, as we're talking this week about Stephen, we, we're kind of looking at a faithful witness and how Stephen finished his life. Uh, we're going to finish up uh, tomorrow 
looking at, at Stephen as he defends himself against the charges. He's already defended himself against the blasphemy charge against God. And yesterday we looked at him defending himself against uh, the blasphemy charge against Moses. And today we're going to be looking at how he defends himself against the law because that was one of the charges too. They brought four charges, by the way. They got false uh, witnesses to go up against him, just like they did Jesus. There's so many similarities. You know, and for a Hebrew disciple, the most important thing for them uh, the, the the Hebrew idea of discipleship is very different from ours. Ours is has more of a learning the information of our teacher in the West. But for the Hebrew, it was a community of people that were um, prioritized around the Word of God, God's scriptures, which for them in, in this time period was the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, with a passion to be like their rabbi a passion to be like their teacher. And man, when you look at Stephen's life, there's so many similarities in his confrontation with the Sanhedrin and Jesus. It's almost it's so identical. We're going to see it all the way through and the way they responded, um, the way they, you know, uh, although Stephen wasn't as quiet as he was, there was no prophecies about Stephen being quiet, mm. but for Stephen, he preached this incredible defense, but it was also uh, an incredible indictment of the leaders, so much so that they, they, they ended up killing him for it. And as we looked at, he was a man full of uh, faith, uh, faith in God's word, faith in uh, God's sovereignty and faith in God's Messiah. He was a man full of wisdom, a man full of the Holy Spirit, a man full of power, a man full of courage, and a man full of God's presence, and a man full of grace. And when we come back, we're going to look at how he defends against the charge of blaspheming the law. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7 this week, verses 18 through 53. If you have missed any of this program or you missed last week when we were talking about uh, the same 
uh, uh, passage in Scripture, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. And you can click on the Past Programs link. There you will be able to find uh, our full catalog of programs. In about an hour, you'll be able to see this program just as soon as we are done here today. So if you would like to go and listen to things that you have missed, you can again, again go to www.swatradio.com. Um, you know, we're in Acts chapter 7, and uh, we're looking at the life of Stephen, a man fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. He was a man who was all in, no question. In fact, his name means victor's crown. And as we look at his life, before we went to break, we were just talking about the things. Because he was fully surrendered, we saw faith in his life. We saw the Holy Spirit controlling his life. We saw wisdom in his life grace and power and courage in his life, God's presence evident on him. When when they looked at his face, it was like that of an angel. And the Sanhedrin, which was like the spiritual Supreme Court, the civil Supreme Court, everything for Israel, had him brought up on false charges. The four charges was blasphemy against God, Moses, temple, and the law. And so as he goes in front of them, we saw that, um, he was a bold witness, he was a biblical witness, and he was a faithful witness. And God calls you and me to be those same things, a bold witness for him, a, a, a biblical witness. And In other words, we don't have to rely on fancy arguments. Tell the story. Tell God's story. Because God's story is our story if we're his. Uh, Abraham is just as vital in our lives as he was for Stephen in his life. Sometimes I think in the West we dismiss that and we think, well, that was really more for them. No, it's for us. We we come from a Judeo-Christian faith. It, it you know it was God choosing Israel at first to be the voice of His truth and how to connect with Him throughout all time. But when Israel basically uh, made it about themselves. God said, okay, I'm going to use the Gentiles and the church to be that voice. And it didn't mean he uh, dismissed his people forever because there's going to come a time, according to Scripture, where Israel as a nation will come back. They, You know, when, when we have the witnesses and we will see all those things one day, but not yet. When the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, we'll see it. But Stephen was there at the beginning of the church. He was there when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and these Jewish people began to um, boldly proclaim that Jesus of Nazareth was Messiah. And the problem with that was all the Sanhedrin guys had killed Jesus. They had ordered his death. So as Peter and John preached it, they wanted it stopped. But now they have people believing because of Peter and John and the apostles and the Holy Spirit speaking through them and their followers are bold. Look how bold he is to go in front of them and start teaching them. And they're letting him go on and on as he teaches. And so as a bold witness, he starts off talking about Abraham and he, he, he teaches them and shares with them that, listen, it was never about the possession that Abraham got. It was about the promise But then he's a biblical witness as he lays out God's story of Abraham, Joseph, the patriarchs rejected Joseph. And just to save time, when you look at the similarities between his inclusion of Joseph and Moses, 
they were both uh, rejected. Uh, they were revealed first. Mm-hmm. Then they were rejected. And then when they came back, they were uh, redeemers and they ruled over the people. And so the second time, these people recognized that Joseph was their brother and that he was also a deliverer. They recognized his authority. Remember, they were terrified. The same thing with Moses. When Moses came back the second time, he delivered them. They followed him out of Egypt. And and so, and he set them free. And so these two different illustrations show uh, how Israel treated Christ. They've rejected him when he came the first time. If you go uh, to John 1, you know, verse 11, it says he came to his own and his own what? They didn't receive him. They received him not. But when he comes again, it says they will recognize him. Over in uh, Zechariah 10, he says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they've pierced, they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly as one weeps over a firstborn. Now, here's what's crazy about that verse. That verse was written before crucifixions. I mean, think about that. God was laying out. God is sovereign, and he knew what his plan was, and he was unfolding his plan. And so Stephen's just showing that God's sovereignty, that Joseph was the chosen one, Moses was the chosen one, and now Jesus is the chosen one. You've rejected him. And he says, I believe in the God of glory and his sovereignty. He says, I believe in Moses. I'm not blaspheming Moses. And today he goes in, we look at verses 38 through 43, specifically how he defends against the charge of blasphemy against the law. He goes, the new covenant is not against the law. It was a fulfillment of the law. It's just like Jesus said. And so as we look at verses 38 through 43, uh, Taylor, uh, let's let's read 38 through 43, and I'm going to come back and, and look at a couple of things about these different verses in chapter 7 of Acts. All right. Uh, this is the one who was in the congreg- uh, congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers. He received living oracles to give us. Our fathers refused to obey him, but thrust him aside, and in their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will, be, who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Raphan. Is that how you say that? Raphan. Yeah, Raphan. The images that you made to worship. And I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Your fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it, according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua, and when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers, so it was until the days of David, who found favor in the sight of God, asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. 
but it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophets say. Did I go too far? Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's okay. Um, um, it, it really, we just we're going to look at a, a thirty-eight through forty-three, but that's okay. Um, I just was on a roll. You I, I know you. Well, me. I was just letting you go because I was I was listening and thinking. Well, maybe we'll go further, but I, I'm really wanting to focus in right now on the the law, how Stephen honored the law. He didn't uh, blaspheme against the law. In fact, he's quoting from Amos chapter 5 here uh, when he quotes about, you know, did you bring me slain beasts and sacrifices? And really what Stephen is saying during this little section is the new covenant's not against the law. Our father's Israel refused to obey the law. So in the same way, they were the real blasphemers of Moses. They're also the real blasphemers of the law. He says they received the living oracles. He's talking about on the mountain, Mount Sinai, he says uh, the living oracles. That means a word from God. The oracle means it's something given from a God. Um, and and so he's, he's bringing this up to say our fathers received this. But you know what? Instead of God's word, you know what they long for? They long for Egypt. And Egypt was always symbolic of sin. They refused to obey God's law. They turned to idols, violating God's law. In fact, over in Exodus 20, when God gave them the Ten Commandments through the angels, the first six commandments have to do with what? They have to do with God and worshiping him. Uh, I, I mean, the first four When he says, you know, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I brought you out of that, and I brought you out of the house of slavery. Don't have any other gods before me. And what were they doing? They were making images. The very thing he just told them, he says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. But that's what they were doing. Um, And, you know, you see in Exodus 32 that these people just – they ended up worshiping idols, and what does God do? He turns them over to slavery. He eventually uh, lets Israel go into Babylon and Assyria. They take them as slaves, and I see that a lot today. If you're listening, you get away from God's word. If you get away from his word and you, you start hanging around people that don't value his word, God gives us in his word exactly What happens to those kind of people? It's in Psalm chapter 1. And he says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the path of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the law he meditates day and night. The word there for meditates is like a a cow chewing cud. He just chews on it over and over. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit, it leaf doesn't wither. And all that he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so. They're like chaff the wind drives away. Therefore, he says, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And what happens? 3,000 people die when the law is given. Why? because they they didn't want the law they didn't want to obey it and what stephen is reminding them is our fathers have a history 
of rejecting God's word. And when we come back, we're going to look at what happened as a result of that to his people specifically, other than just the 3,000 who died. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Sky traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 18 through 53 this week. And today, specifically, we're looking at verses 38 through 43. Uh, Stephen gives a defense against uh, the charge of blaspheming the law. If you would like to join the discussion, or if you have any questions about what we've talked about so far, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, uh, Taylor, you made a point that I think is good. You know, uh, I love during the breaks, you and I get to talk about what we're talking about on air here. And you made a good point about Egypt, that it was the most advanced civilization right at that time, mm-hmm. right? And... um you you talked about how easy it is for us to seek comfort and ease rather than a difficult path when sometimes God may want us on that difficult path. Yeah. And I, I, you, you made the comment that that's where we are as a nation, right? I mm-hmm. mean, like <laughs> whether it's iPhones or computers or whatever it is, you know, God, I, it reminded me of something I heard Tommy Nelson say with his people. You know, he, he did not take Israel on the most direct path mm-hmm. for a reason. There was a reason for that. And so often we try to circumvent God, and it doesn't work out very well. And I was thinking in this particular text, I shared this yesterday, when Moses when Moses really revealed himself 
it was at the 390 year mark and he knew the prophecy because he wrote it right he wrote about it it wasn't 390 years it was 400 years do you think he might have been a little impatient or maybe he just thought it was time and do you ever struggle with that with thinking it's time when god says no now's not the time yeah and i wonder about that you know just him was it like you know he's like okay it's time to go or was he like just caught up in the moment of seeing but yeah it was a forgetting of what god had said and and of of what his plan was but i think a lot of times we do that or we're not even really focused on his plan as a whole Uh, i do have a question for you though that now that you brought it up when did mo when he when he wrote the first five books what what part do you know does there any any like tradition about when in his life he did that before he died (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know um you know i am not that familiar with timing of it other than uh, moses is reported to have written those first five books but you know when you think about um we we know uh we know he wrote it uh, obviously before before they went into the promised land Mm -hmm. and some people feel like maybe joshua even finished it that Mm -hmm. moses didn't complete Mm -hmm. it all um but um you know as far as the timing of it um i'm not really sure i was um i know that um there's a extra biblical book called the uh well it's uh it's an encyclopedia of jewish scholarship that was uh written about somewhere between two to 500 years before Christ Mm. that um, talked about Moses being an author. A lot of people talk about when he wrote stuff. Uh, It's, it's the truth is I don't think is there any way to, for people to know because even our dating, if you were to find the original writings today, I mean, it would yeah. be really difficult. Well, you, you um, just said that uh, he knew it, right, because he wrote it. And so that got me to thinking, oh, I wonder when he actually did write the books. Like, did he write any of them while he was in the wilderness? Or, you know, he obviously, you know, he was raised by his mother, so he knew at least a little bit of the history growing up. So did he write some of it in Egypt? It was just kind of uh, well, got here's me down the, a rabbit hole. Well, 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 here's the thing. When you stop and think about Moses, Moses wrote, he, well, they believe he lived around 15 to 1200 bc so i I know this sounds crazy like that's not that long ago it is but it's Mm -hmm. not you know Mm -hmm. um you can go back i remember when uh we were in israel we saw writings where that they they were dated back to the time of christ you know, and they've mm-hmm. got coins that go back. That's 2,000 years old. Yeah. So that's not that far removed from that. Um, so, you know, some people believe that he wrote it around, you know, 1400 B.C. But mm. uh, that's not that long ago Yeah, in the big scheme of things. It, I'll tell you what's not as important as the date that he wrote it is what he wrote and what we do with it, oh. And I think a lot of people, including the Jewish people, especially during this time, they got so caught up in in their um, their view of Torah and their boundaries that they had set up, and that's what made you righteous. And yet, these people came from uh, 
patriotic or not patriotic patriarchal fathers who um they they got the law and then turned right around and started making idols mm-hmm. i mean the very thing he said not to do and and so they're calling Stephen a guy who blasphemes the law and he's just saying listen our fathers have a history of doing it and if you go back and look in the book of hosea if you look in deuteronomy or second kings or ezekiel or um jeremiah you see that all those times the people of Israel worship idols, and what did God do? He gave them up. He turned them over. And uh, if you look at um, Exodus 32, uh, and, or, or even even the words that we read in, in, in verse 42 where it says, um, you know, it says, God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven. You know what? I thought that was an interesting way to word that. Well, it sounds very much like Romans 1, Mm -hmm. 24. And I want to read that. It says, therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. I mean, that that so much. And then it goes on to say in verse 26 of Romans 1, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for those contrary to nature. Again, that is pretty clear that that is dishonorable to God. For a woman to sexually uh, love another woman is wrong. For a man to sexually love another man is wrong, according to the Bible. And it's a result of suppressing the truth about God. And so what Stephen is saying is he's reminding them, our fathers have a history of this. And the word of God is a living oracle. It is not confined to one time. It is it is throughout time. Uh, Hebrews 4 says the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, it's discerning. It cuts you. I mean, you you can't read the scriptures and not feel conviction if you're his kid. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. the Spirit convicts every time I open it up, and that's a good thing. Paul says, "How would I know what what sin was if it weren't for the law?" And they mistook the purpose of the law. They thought the law was to make them holy. But the law was given to reveal their need. Yeah. And, you know, that's what Stephen is, he, he, that's what he's highlighting here is the need for grace. Yes. Right? And and that enrages them instead of bringing them to a, a, a heart of repentance. But it's also interesting because, you know, uh, Paul, who was Saul at the time, was here. And as you mentioned, I think last week, he would probably argued with Stephen, at least if uh, they were going to the same synagogue. And it's just kind of the parallels between what he's saying and then what Paul ends up saying about the law is kind of striking to me. Well, know? look look at the four charges, okay? Blasphemy against God. And what does he give them? He gives them, um, he gives them uh, Psalm 29, the God of glory. And seven times in that psalm, that phrase, the voice of the Lord, he's saying, listen to the voice. Listen to the voice. I've heard the voice. Mm. I see the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Listen. I'm not against God. I am part of God's plan. Jesus of Nazareth was part of God's plan. 
I haven't blasphemed God. You've blasphemed God. He does the same thing with Moses. Listen, Moses was not the end all. He's not the greatest. Moses said, God's going to raise up from you a brother, a prophet like me, and he is going to be that one. And Moses was just a a uh, picture, a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to be. And then he's doing the same thing with the law. The new covenant is not against the law. The law was never the end all. It was never the thing that got you to God. It was the thing that revealed need. Yeah. And and we have a problem, Taylor, to be honest with you, with we want to justify ourselves. Mm. None of us want to admit need. We all are needy people. We need Jesus. Plain and simple, we need Messiah. We need Jesus of Nazareth. And our first response most of the time when sin is pointed out in our life is to what? To defend. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking for mercy and grace, well, that wasn't my fault. We we go back to the Garden of Eden. Well, God, I only did that because this woman you gave me. And Eve, well, only did it because he deceived me. And it all starts with twisting God's word, getting away from his word to us. He tells us it's all about Jesus, and and that's what we've got to understand. And so tomorrow we're going to look at the temple, and what basically Stephen is trying to say is don't overemphasize these temporary shadows of Messiah these things that are pointing to him, these little shadows of him. So I hope uh, people will stay tuned tomorrow, of course. All right. Before we go, I'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who listen online around the country or the world, wherever you are. And then also those of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual